Welcome to Orpanimi. This is Saratova Best. Good Erev Shabbat. Today is Kayach Nisim, a very powerful day. Let's just say a few words about Kayach Nisim. What's the power? I mean, everybody knows the powerful day. Do everything that you can, etc. Where do we go from here? What is the power? So, first of all, it's obviously, let's just look at it as if we're five years old. Let's just imagine that we haven't learned anything about it and we're just hearing the name and we're just asking some obvious questions as if we're five-year-olds because Rashi always talks to a five-year-old and Rashi seems to indicate that the most effective way to learn Torah is to put yourself in the mindset of a five-year-old, which means open, curious, thinking, um, looking for obvious questions that are, are coming from a very uh, pure, innocent, and curious mind rather than a mind that's been trained to uh, follow systems of thinking. So we're going to be, so Rashi, Rashi seems to tell us, be five years old, so let's be five years old. If today is Kayach Nissen, Kafkaf Nissen, Kayach Nissen, so there's obviously a lot of Kayach floating around today. Available to whom? Available to you and me. Because it's Kayach. Now, if there's that Kayach, uh, you know, there are different, there's different kinds of energy that's available, right? So why do people stay away from um, um, tornadoes? There's a lot of Kayach there. Oh, because it's more destructive than constructive. So, we want to know what this energy is, this kayach. We're being given this kayach today, obviously to step into something completely different. If we listen to the audio from before, Welcome to the World of Three, Stepping into the World of Three, it is obviously the kayach to step into the World of Three. 28 comes after 3 times 3 times 3. 3 times 3 is 9, times 3 is 27. What comes after 27? 28. Kayach. What is 27? Zach. Chafzai and Zach. So how is it, if we're looking at the concept of three, and we're just going to, we'll touch on it more a different time. The concept of three, please do listen to the other audio. It's a whole other way of living. Living with the energy of three, again, refer back to the other audio. When you live with the energy of three, you have stepped into an entirely different way of living. Say it in very short. It's stepping out of the world of either or. In the world of either or, it's never good because you always have to compromise. What do you want? You'll either, either spend $300 on, on those shoes that you're going to wear one time and not be happy about that. Or you'll Spend weeks shopping around till you find shoes at a price that you that you are comfortable with, but you will have exhausted yourself. There aren't any other solutions. Neither solution is really great. That's in the world of two. In the world of three, there's always a third solution available that is invisible to our eyes. And it requires stepping into a different frequency to access that third solution. And that third solution, starting to always 
believe in that third solution and live in that third solution and live in that third energy takes you to an entirely different frequency and an entirely different way of living. So imagine that, the world of three. And it, you do it in a way of chazak. You do it once, you do it twice, you do it three times. That's three times three. Times three. You stepped into that three world. And you've done it in a solid way because three is a chazaka. You're now a different person. You've created a habit in your mind, in your heart, in your, in your whole physicality. In, in your muscles, how they move, how, you, how they think, how they do things. Once it's a chazaka, you've started to make it into a habit. And three times three is nine, nine is ennis. Because if you've taken a good, a good um, change, a really good change, like stepping into the world of three, and you start to make it become yours, then you're starting to enter the place in life where, you, where you're living with truth all the time and feeling it. It's one thing to know truth and just, and always be feeling not so great. But to be experiencing truth in every part of your life, that's a whole other thing. That's from three times three. Now let's, let's take that energy of nine and as truth and multiply it by three again. So you're going to make it even more integrated, a chazaka. You're going to make it even more part of you. So where does that leave you? Three times nine, or three times three times three is twenty-seven. Twenty-seven is chafzayin zach. Now you start to enter a world of purification, a world where things are very clear. Life is clear and is a pure world. It's a clean world. Not only do you know about the clean world, it actually starts to become your environment. And what happens after you, you do that? The next number is 28. then chafchet, kayach. Now I'm going to guess you're starting to be, you're being infused with a higher kayach from above. And then, of course, you've been working on that kayach from below. So you start to become a walking exemplification of the of kayach, of serious power, but clean power, holy power, pure power, Hashem's power. So when it comes to any month, the kayach, the 28th day of the month, is a month when there's a huge infusion through your work and through a gift from above of kayach, of what that month is about. So the month of Nisan is about miracles. Two nuns, Nisan, Nisei Nisan. Kind of miracles that, from every way, Nisei Nisan, double miracles. Miracles inside of miracles, miracles that are, that you recognize are miracles, miracles that sort of, that, that, that are embedded in nature. The month of Nisan is a month when we've been given the opportunity, you know, go for the miraculous one.
the other day someone said that they were buying a certain house that was not such a, you know, low price, and they're going ahead. And other people said, don't call me in three years when, God forbid, yada-da. Obviously, they asked for brachas for this, etc. So according to nature, you could say, that's going to be a struggle. But then you could say, but what about all the miracles that you can, if you if you are determined to live in the miracle zone, then at any given moment, it's not like you're just going to have a miracle and you're going to afford it. First of all, why can't you make a nice income by opening up your own business or something? But basically, when you start to expect at every moment, I'm not just going to get the plebeian kind of stuff coming at me in life. I'm going to live with miracles every moment. So it's going to be a series of billions of steps. Each time I choose, do I want to do it the either or away life is such a struggle? Or do I want to live life the miraculous way and keep choosing the miraculous one and doing what I need to do to pull in that miracle? So that's a little bit of Nisan, Nisei Nisan. Nun kafel, double, double nun. So when it come, comes to the day of Kayach Nisan, all of that three stuff that I just said, stepping into the world of three and making it at your, re, at your reality and then making it deeper and more integration and deeper integration and deeper integration and all that Kayach being given to you from above on a, on a day, Yom Zakai, on a day when almost like if, if you do nothing, you're being infused with Kayachus. Kayachus of miracles. Then it's an incredibly powerful day. If normally you would say, miracles are just not me. I just, I don't do well with miracles. Because then I depend on a miracle and I count on it and then I'm disappointed. But today is a special day. When miracles are handed to us, or this frequency of miracles is opened up to us in a way that it normally isn't. And if we step into it today, we can sort of get comfortable there and be able to start to live that frequency more frequently. Ultimately, all the time. So when the Rebbe came along and said, um, do everything that you can to bring Mashiach, it's clear, and he said it on Kayach Nisan, it's clear that, you know how they say, from inside the problem, you can't solve the problem. So it looks like from inside the regular old mundane struggling gullus, you're not going to be able to usher in the gaula from inside the gullus. The truth is that the, that deep inside the gullus is the gaula. But when you're sunk into it, Without assistance from Mashiach Tidkenu, from Hashem, Melech Malchem Lachem, Kaddish Baruch from Maish Rabbeinu, and the Maish of every generation, it's going to be a little bit hard to access Geula frequency when you're right in the center of, of a Gullus. That's why, um, 
even if you know a person has an, they have to move the car to the other side of the street and they and somebody else has their keys and that person is men in Manhattan. How are you going to create a miracle from inside that gullus? You become overwhelmed and your mind starts to shut down and you become nervous and you can't think into the miracle frequency. So, so come along, comes along Hashem, Mashiach Tukenu, etc. And on and through the day of Kayach Nisan, they say, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna help you. We're gonna help you do this. Um, to bring Mashiach here and now, here and now. So it's interesting, I'll give you a quick thought from Rabbi Hamnik, who said that, you, here the Rebbe is saying, um, when you scream Ad Masai, it's because I commanded you. And that was a sort of a criticism. And we were shocked. The, the very, the way the Rebbe spoke to us, if he was upgrading us, it was hard to tell. And for many years people said, this is a bad day or a good day. The Rebbe spoke so harshly. He said, I'm telling you, you know, to do everything you can in the way of Iris to to bring Mashiach. And even when I speak to you, even when you, and I'm telling you that you guys, you know, you're sitting here and another day will go by, another day will go by, and you're okay. You're okay. You're like, oh, so tomorrow morning I have to remember to buy orange juice. And, and, and the Rebbe says, and you're okay with that. How could you be okay with that? So they were tough words. And we have to remember, we have to remember, just digression, Today is Gevura Shabi Yisai, uh, sorry, Yisai Shabi Gevura. So the Gevura part we get, tough words, you know. Well, you guys just sit there, you think about, make your list for tomorrow morning, and and we should make lists for tomorrow morning, but you're okay if, and if tomorrow morning we don't have Mashiach and we have Mashiach tomorrow night, you you you, you have been okay with that. And that seems like a harsh criticism. That's the way we're always taught to live. So there's the Gvura part. And what's the aside part, the bonding? You know, in a way, when a father is stern with his child, but it's pure love, it's all, the sternness is almost um, artificially created, maybe, because of the relationship. The father's love for the child causes the father to force himself to withhold his natural instinct to just give and do it for the child. Just do it for him. Just do it. Instead of getting him to learn to do it himself. Right? Wouldn't we say that? Because of the relationship, you're going to sit in your chair and um, someone was, well, an example is someone was teaching an elderly person how to uh, become, uh, just to get comfortable with walking after they uh, had been out of commission for a while. And the elderly person said, please get me a glass of water. And they said, why can't you get it yourself? That sounds really cruel. No, it wasn't cruel. They wanted the person to go back to independence. You can stand up and get a glass of water. 
in the end, that will be, that will bring you to where you want to get to. So Yisai Shibibura, the relationship, the bonding of the Rebbe to us, you see, in that Gvura, must have taken a lot for the Rebbe to speak to us in what seemed like such a harsh way. Maybe. And so what Rabbi Homnick said is that many, 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 many years ago, the Rebbe Rashab told us that when the Geula would come, you know, the wars that Melchemaz Hashem that would be fought, it's not going to be physical war. It's going to be wars of, of um, Mashiach will will smite them with his speech. It's a different it's it's a it's a different kind of a war now. And one of the main tools in the war is the Hasidisha for Brahman. And the Hasidisha for Brahman, it's a, a place of brotherly love. But if you look at the guys, the way they talk to each other at real for Brahmans, they tell each other off. It doesn't seem like a brotherly love kind of a place. But they're doing it in a way of Yusaid Shibagura. And it takes them to a different place. The person who walks into the Fabrengen doesn't come out. Somebody entirely new comes out of the Fabrengen. Because they did it, because to move up to that much higher level, Yusayi Shibazura is one of the best ways to get there. It's not necessarily the most comfortable, but it's one of the best ways to get there. My love for you will cause me to withhold. I could have just done it for you. I might ask you a question. So where do you want to go in your life? And I could just tell you where to go in your life. I could tell you what to do. I could tell you the answer. I could tell you the story. I could ask you the question. And then just, I could not even ask you the question. Just tell you the nukuda. So much easier for me. So much less work for, for us. But withholding because of love, the gavura, because of the insight, the bonding, it looks like that, that day of Kayach Nisan when the Rebbe said it, Tashin but that was the energy. That strict, you know, I tell you to say Azmasai and you do it because I tell you. We always thought Kabbalah is all of the basis. Shouldn't we be doing it because we're told to do it? Isn't that what Yiddishkeit is all about, Nasev and Ishma? And now we're being criticized for doing the thing that we've been trying for thousands of years to get good at? So as I was saying, Rabbi Homnick said, because of that idea, when it comes to that that Yisayi and when it comes to stepping up to the frequency of Mashiach, it's not a, it's not, you know, just put one more foot up and you'll get there. It's a mega jump. It's a Pesach mega jump. It comes just after Pesach, after the mega jumps. This one has to be yours. This one can't be just the Kabbalah Sala. This one you have to do and you have to want. When the Rebbe is saying here, what, what more can, the Rebbe never said, what more can I do to bring the Shia? The Rebbe said, what more can I do? I've done everything that I can. The Rebbe never said, I've done everything I can to bring the Shia. The Rebbe said, maybe everything I have permission to do because the last part has to be you. But what, I've done everything I can to make you want to be the initiators. What more can I do to get you to want to be the initiators? So that seems like a tough comment. But on the other hand, it's obviously carefully designed to get us to want to become the initiators. To step up to that higher frequency. The world of three. 
as it says, um, what else can I do so that the Yidden, B'nai Yisrael, should um, scream out and storm the Amis um, to bring the pile Mashiach to King, um, Mashiach Papayal. After everything that was done, it was kind of nothing, we know all that, nothing compared to, to now, to the next step. So, let's all finish off with the last Nakuda. Of course, so do everything you can, of course, from above, from below, the lights of Tayu, the Kalim of Tikkun, we know all about that. And so, for that we need how many people? Ten? Three? One? Remember at the end it says, um, maybe in the end there will be found ten, or three, or one. There should be found among you one, two, three, ten who should come up with the ideas what to do and how to do and bring about the Gula. So, let's finish with this. Why? Do you, so, was there a desperation? I can't find ten. Or maybe I'll settle for three. I'll settle for two, one. What is that? So again, I'm going to give you a part from Rabbi Omnik. As the Rebbe says, he wrote them. Uh, there should be ten among you that will be stubborn to uh, demand and to bring about by Hashem. And surely they will. They will be stubborn. He wrote them that there should be ten of you who are stubborn to bring about an effect from Hashem, this Geula, because you are Amkshayarif. So, why do you need ten people to be stubborn? Because the demand here is, be stubborn. You know, there are lots of words, so we look at it and we just mix the sentence together. But let's be clear. He, Ruth, and there will be ten of you who will do what? What will they do? They will be stubborn. Okay. The Rebbe is saying, we need ten people to be stubborn. Why not three? Why not six? Why not twenty? Why not a hundred? Ten. First of all, says the Rebbe, how do I know that you guys can be stubborn? Because you're Am Arif. That's what you're good at. You're known in the world as stubborn people. And you're known by Hashem. You're known in Chumash as stubborn people. So you get the job. You're stubborn. So you can be stubborn. You can't say, who us? We're not the type. You're the type. You're, you're Jewish people. You're Am Arif. You're the type. So why do we need ten of you? Why does Mashiach need ten of you? Of you? I guess, form a minion. That group, that collective energy of stubbornness that won't just be a stubbornness that, you know, sometimes people, you know, you see a child that's very stubborn and you don't know what to do with it. But if you separate that child from the whole class, you can manage. But if 10 kids in the class, 10, 10 students in the class are all stubborn together, then the teacher has to leave and go to the principal. And the principal has to do something about it. That one's too much. Ten stubborn children. We see in the world today, when people band together against um, unjust government decisions, let's say, the, the power of the group is what makes them effective. One stubborn guy running around screaming, very good. 
but if there's a group, 10 means a group, a color, 10 means a, a minion, a force, a group force. It's not an individual. Can't divide them and conquer them. They're a group. So though that stubborn group is probably going to win because they have the enormous power of stubbornness, which nobody can stand up to, but it's a group. So they have the power of being a group, which is very strong, when it's a group, and of stubbornness, which is very strong. So you put those two together, how can Hashem even say no? So that's why you need ten, to be stubborn. But besides being stubborn, because you need a desire, because to get anything done, you need to want to get it done. Otherwise, it won't happen. Um, you may have the tools in your house to fix uh, the extra sink that you have that you know it needs to be fixed, but you just never, you have the tools and you actually know how to fix sinks. But if you don't want to, it may sit like that for a lot of months. I guess anybody who's married to plumbers, I bet that they have to hire plumbers to get their sinks fixed. So it's not necessarily does the plumber that they're married to feel like fixing the sink. If you don't want to, and you don't stubbornly want to, you're probably not going to do it. So number one, to get something done, you have to want. So that's why the Rebbe says, we need ten of you that are stubborn, stubbornly want Mashiach. How am I going to get you guys to want Mashiach? I'm going to use the unique powers of Yisayin Shabbat to activate your desire in a way that only the Rebbe knows how that skill of, of doing it in an extremely targeted way to get us to want behind the scenes. Working, in a sense, you could say with our neshama, maybe you could say with our, with our, with our subconscious, maybe. I don't know. We're working with our neshama. So I need ten of you to want. But once you want, now which tools do you use? Okay, fine. I do want to fix the thing. Okay, so now, which tools? Do, I don't have any tools here. Well, how about if you go to the store? I'll give you this much money and you'll buy the tool. Okay. So now, um, how many people do you need to figure out which tools? Not ten. That's the worst. You don't want ten people or you don't want ten people all getting in a group, coming in a group and trying to fix your things together. Oh, that would be the worst. Because everybody's going to have a different idea. For, so for that, you need one or two or three, not more. You don't want ten. Ideas, people, just one or two or th three. And then you put that together. You want, and you figure out how. And who could resist that? Even Hashem himself cannot resist it. And therefore... So let's bench each other. So it's the Sikha and Zoth, the Hirasan, that there should be found among you one, two, three, that will come up with an Eta, how to do it, what to do, and how to, and the, and Vadvua Iker, that they should bring about the Gulamitis Vashlemu Bapoyal Mamish, Tekubiyad Mamish, in a way of Simcha and Tuzlevat. So let's bench each other, that on this day of Kayach when all of this is so powerful, 
let's just say that staying this is not about oh, I know I should take on a hachata, you know I should it's not about doing stuff that you hate to do, but you know you should do it, and you're just going to try to force yourself to do it. Surely there's a better way. Because here there are the same tough simple but you like love. So bringing Mashiach can be, I don't want to use the word fun, I'll get criticism, can be the most joyous thing that exists because what a relief to step into the world of three. The world of Gullus, where we have gotten stuck, is so awful, and it gets worse by the day, very untasty. Why would we want to stay there? So what if we switch to, oh, thank God, we're being offered an opportunity today to step up to the world of Gaula. And to live in that frequency. And from there, it will be for the whole world. And will influence the whole world. Thank God, what a relief. Just in the nick of time. Oh, my goodness. Somebody's putting his hand out to me and saying, grab my hand. I will help pull you out of gullus today. And get you up into a world that's a little bit unfamiliar. The world of three, the Gaula world. But once you're there, just... Don't get scared. Just stick around in that world. Operate. Live your regular life in that world. Like Cholomite like, like Pesach. You know, Pesach is very intense. And then all of a sudden it's Cholomite and they're like, let's do the same intensity, but in weekday mode, drive your car while you're doing Pesach. It's very weird. It's very weird. So here we're being offered the opportunity a hand is being given to us, the kaya, to step up into the world of Geula today. And once we're there, it's not going to feel so familiar, but just hang out a bit and just do your weekday activities in that Geula world, that Geula consciousness, the world of three, if you listen to the previous audio, the miraculous world where you realize there's always a miracle around the corner waiting to be revealed. Always. So if we start to get used to that and live with that, then what becomes possible? And therefore, to finish off, we don't want to do it because that's what we should do. Because shoulding, doing things because you should just shuts down your energy. Doing things because it's delicious and what a relief to finally be out of the mud and into the sunshine of Geula and be living in a frequency, thank God. What would I want to do to stay in that frequency? Because, oh, what a relief to be there. That's the hachlata. Let's think of what that hachlata would be. What will give me the most relief from the yuck of gullus, what action on my part will enable me to stay in the comforting frequency of Mashiach. And may it be he written on this Kayach Nisan in the year of Plausfakal, wonders, miracles in everything around the corner, right in front of you, available at every second, waiting to be uncovered through the higher frequency May we find ourselves dancing in the base of Migdash, the Gulamitis Rashlam, and the Gulamitis Rashlam.